Today is April 1st. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is great to be here with you today as we step into this brand new month, uh, the fourth month of the year, and it's our opportunity to step into the second quarter of the year. So well done. We are well on our way. Our reading today will be from the book of Genesis. Chapter 1, and we'll be reading from the Street Bible. First off, nothing but God. No light, no time, no substance, no matter. Second off, God says the word and whap, stuff everywhere. The cosmos and chaos. No shape, no form. No function, just darkness, total. And floating above it all, God's Holy Spirit, ready to play. Day one. Then God's voice booms out, lights. And from nowhere, light floods the skies and night is swept off the scene. God gives it the big thumbs up and calls it day. Day two. God says, I want a dome. Call it sky. Right there between the waters above and below. And it happens. Day three. God says, too much water. We need something to walk on. A huge lump of it. Call it land. Let the sea lick its edges. God smiles. Says, now we've got us some definition. But it's too plain. It needs color, vegetation, loads of it. A million shades. Now. And the earth goes wild with trees, bushes, plants, flowers, and fungi. Now give it a growth permit. Seeds appear in every one. Yes, says God. April fools, everyone. Welcome to the month of April in springtime here in the rolling hills of Tennessee. Oh, I have so much fun for that. Believe it or not, that is actually in print. Uh, I like finding these obscure, strange, uh, partial or full translations of the Bible and bring them out here on April 1st. I love it. April Fools, we are all awake now and we are aware that we are in a new month. Although it's been a while since we've been back in the book of Genesis, but nice to visit there uh, in an odd sort of way for just a quick second. We're really in the book of Deuteronomy and we've been working our way through the book of Deuteronomy for a while now, listening to the uh, final things that Moses has to say to his people before he becomes, uh, before he dies and becomes a part of their past. So we're really reading from the Christian Standard Bible this week. And uh, today, Deuteronomy chapter 18, 19, and 20. The Levitical priests, the whole tribe of Levi, will have no portion or inheritance with Israel. They will eat the Lord's fire offerings. That is their inheritance. Although Levi has no inheritance among his brothers, 
The Lord is his inheritance, as he promised him. This is the priest's share from the people who offer a sacrifice, whether it is an ox, a sheep, or a goat. The priests are to be given the shoulder, jaws, and stomach. You are to give him the first fruits of your grain, new wine, and fresh oil, and the first sheared wool of your flock. For the Lord your God has chosen him and his sons from all your tribes to stand and minister in his name from now on. When a Levite leaves one of your towns in Israel, where he was staying and wants to go to the place that the Lord chooses, he may serve in the name of the Lord his God, like all his fellow Levites who minister there in the presence of the Lord. They will eat equal portions besides what he has received from the sale of the family estate. When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not imitate the detestable customs of those nations. No one among you is to sacrifice his son or daughter in the fire, practice divination, tell fortunes, interpret omens, practice sorcery, cast spells, consult a medium or a spiritist, or inquire of the dead. Everyone who does these acts is detestable to the Lord, and the Lord your God is driving out the nations before you because of these detestable acts. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. Though these nations you are about to drive out listen to fortune-tellers and diviners, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do this. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. This is what you requested from the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, Let us not continue to hear the voice of the Lord our God or see this great fire any longer, so that we will not die. Then the Lord said to me, They have spoken well. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I command him. I will hold accountable whoever does not listen to my words that he speaks in my name. But the prophet who presumes to speak a message in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet must die. You may say to yourself, how can we recognize a message the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the Lord's name and the message does not come true or is not fulfilled, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him. When the Lord your God annihilates the nations whose land he is giving you so that you drive them out and live in their cities and houses, you are to set apart three cities for yourselves within the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess. You are to determine the distances and divide the land the Lord your God is granting you as an inheritance into three regions, so that anyone who commits manslaughter can flee to these cities. 
Here is the law concerning a case of someone who kills a person and flees there to save his life, having killed his neighbor accidentally without previously hating him. If, for example, he goes into the forest with his neighbor to cut timber and his hand swings the axe to chop down a tree, but the blade flies off the handle and strikes his neighbor so that he dies, that person may flee to one of these cities and live. Otherwise, the avenger of blood in the heat of his anger might pursue the one who committed manslaughter, overtake him because the distance is great, and strike him dead. Yet he did not deserve to die, since he did not previously hate his neighbor. This is why I am commanding you to set apart three cities for yourselves. If the Lord your God enlarges your territory as he swore to your fathers and gives you all the land he promised to give them, provided you keep every one of these commands I am giving you today and follow them, loving the Lord your God and walking in his ways at all times, you are to add three more cities to these three. In this way, innocent blood will not be shed, and you will not become guilty of bloodshed in the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. But if someone hates his neighbor, lies in ambush for him, attacks him, and strikes him fatally, and flees to one of these cities, the elders of his city are to send for him, take him from there, and hand him over to the avenger of blood, and he will die. Do not look at him with pity, but purge from Israel the guilt of shedding innocent blood, and you will prosper. Do not move your neighbor's boundary marker, established at the start in the inheritance you will receive in the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess. One witness cannot establish any iniquity or sin against a person, whatever that person has done. A fact must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If a malicious witness testifies against someone accusing him of a crime, the two people in the dispute are to stand in the presence of the Lord before the priests and judges in authority at that time. The judges are to make a careful investigation, and if the witness turns out to be a liar who has falsely accused his brother, you must do to him as he intended to do to his brother. You must purge the evil from you. Then everyone else will hear and be afraid, and they will never again do anything evil like this among you. Do not show pity. Life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, and foot for foot. When you go out to war against your enemies and see horses, chariots, and an army larger than yours, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, is with you. When you are about to engage in battle, the priest is to come forward and address the army. He is to say to them, Listen, Israel! Today you are about to engage in battle with your enemies. Do not be cowardly. Do not be afraid, alarmed, or terrified because of them. 
For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. The officers are to address the army. Has any man built a new house and not dedicated it? Let him leave and return home. Otherwise he may die in battle and another man dedicate it. Has any man planted a vineyard and not begun to enjoy its fruits? Let him leave and return home. Otherwise he may die in battle and another man enjoy its fruit. Has any man become engaged to a woman and not married her? Let him leave and return home. Otherwise he may die in battle and another man marry her. The officers will continue to address the army and say, Is there any man who is afraid or cowardly? Let him leave and return home, so that his brothers won't lose heart as he did. When the officers have finished addressing the army, they will appoint military commanders to lead it. When you approach a city to fight against it, make an offer of peace. If it accepts your offer of peace and opens its gates to you, all the people found in it will become forced laborers for you and serve you. However, if it does not make peace with you, but wages war against you, lay siege to it. When the Lord your God hands it over to you, strike down all its males with the sword. But you may take the women, dependents, animals, and whatever else is in the city, all its spoil as plunder. You may enjoy the spoil of your enemies that the Lord your God has given you. This is how you are to treat all the cities that are far away from you and are not among the cities of these nations. However, you must not let any living thing survive among the cities of these people the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. You must completely destroy them. The Hittite, Amorite, Canaanite, Perizzite, Hivite, and Jebusite, as the Lord your God has commanded you, so that they won't teach you to do all the detestable acts they do for their gods, and you sin against the Lord your God. When you lay siege to a city for a long time, fighting against it in order to capture it, do not destroy its trees by putting an axe to them, because you can get food from them. Do not cut them down. Are trees of the field human to come under siege by you? But you may destroy the trees that you know do not produce food. You may cut them down to build siege works against the city that is waging war against you until it falls. Luke 9 28 through 50. About eight days after this conversation, he took along Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, two men were talking with him Moses and Elijah. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. 
Peter and those with him were in a deep sleep, and when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who were standing with him. As the two men were departing from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let us set up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he was saying. While he was saying this, a cloud appeared and overshadowed them. They became afraid as they entered the cloud. Then a voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, the chosen one. Listen to him. After the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. They kept silent and at that time told no one what they had seen. The next day when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. Just then a man from the crowd cried out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son because he's my only child. A spirit seizes him suddenly. He shrieks and it throws him into convulsions until he foams at the mouth, severely bruising him. It scarcely ever leaves him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't. Jesus replied, You unbelieving and perverse generation, how long will I be with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. As the boy was still approaching, the demon knocked him down and threw him into severe convulsions. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And they were all astonished at the greatness of God. While everyone was amazed at all the things he was doing, he told his disciples, Let these words sink in. The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. But they did not understand this statement. It was concealed from them so that they could not grasp it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. An argument started among them about who was the greatest of them. But Jesus, knowing their inner thoughts, took a little child and had him stand next to him. He told them, Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes him who sent me. For whoever is least among you, this one is great. John responded, Master, we saw someone driving out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he does not follow us. Don't stop him, Jesus told him. Because whoever is not against you is for you. Psalm 73, Book 3 God's Ways Vindicated, a Psalm of Asaph. God is indeed good to Israel the pure in heart. But as for me, my feet almost slipped. My steps nearly went astray. For I envied the arrogant. I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have an easy time until they die, and their bodies are well fed. 
They are not in trouble like others. They are not afflicted like most people. Therefore, pride is their necklace, and violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge out from fatness. The imaginations of their hearts run wild. They mock and they speak maliciously. They arrogantly threaten oppression. They set their mouths against heaven and their tongues strut across the earth. Therefore, his people turn to them and drink in their overflowing words. The wicked say, how can God know? Does the Most High know everything? Look at them, the wicked. They are always at ease and they increase their wealth. Did I purify my heart and wash my hands in innocence for nothing? For I am afflicted all day long and punished every morning. If I had decided to say these things aloud, I would have betrayed your people. When I tried to understand all this, it seemed hopeless until I entered God's sanctuary. Then I understood their destiny. Indeed, you put them in slippery places. You make them fall into ruin. How suddenly they become a desolation. They come to an end, swept away by terrors, like one waking from a dream. Lord, when arising, you will despise their image. When I became embittered, and my innermost being was wounded. I was stupid and didn't understand. I was an unthinking animal toward you. Yet I am always with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me up in glory. Who do I have in heaven but you? and I desire nothing on earth but you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. Those far from you will certainly perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, God's presence is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge so I can tell about all you do. Proverbs 12, 10 The righteous cares about his animal's health, but even the merciful acts of the wicked are cruel. Okay, so all joking aside about April Fool's Day and all, let's go back to uh, Psalm 73 that we read today because it's, uh, it's very revealing. So, so Asaph is the author of this psalm and he pours out his heart with questions that probably are familiar, probably are things that we've thought about. And he's basically saying, why is it that the proud and wicked people get to have an easy life? Get to be healthy and prosperous. Well, I'm, I'm here trying to do my best. 
to be good and to be devout. Uh, but all I seem to do is struggle. So am, am I trying to do good for no reason? And does any of it matter? Be, because, because what I see in the world makes me feel bitter. And that's, that's pretty honest, right? That's pretty stark. And we've, we've probably all had, had shades of those feelings in our lives from time to time. And so we can see that the scriptures are inviting us into honesty, into, into being honest with ourselves, with what we're seeing, with God. It was really only until Asaph went into God's presence uh, that he began to understand it. He, uh, he realized that just complaining about everybody else's life and comparing his life to everybody else's life uh, was ignorant. In his own words, he said, I must have seemed like a, a senseless animal to you. So what we see is Asaph realizing that his identity, his purpose, who he is, is not found by comparing how well he might be doing uh, with someone else's life. His identity was found in knowing God. And he found that, he reoriented himself to that by going in, into God's presence. And once, once that happened and his heart was reoriented to the fact that he belonged to God, well then, then there was hope. And being God's child, he said, I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a destiny that is glorious. And we may feel, we may sense the things that Asaph observed and lamented about, but we have to follow the same path into God's presence because we're all invited into life, into this collaboration on this planet with God that we call life. And when we lose sight of that because we've placed our eyes on someone else's life, then we're no longer really living ours. We're attaching ourselves in all kinds of ways to compare, to get some sort of identity, but it's false. It's, it's, uh, it's a total distraction. We can't find our identity like that. Our identity is found in God's presence. And so, uh, along with Asaph today, uh, let's pray these words from the psalm. As for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. Holy Spirit, we invite you into that. It's something that we, we see often in the scriptures because it's part of our human experience to compare ourselves, how well we're doing, how superior we are, or how inferior we are when we're asking the wrong questions and looking in the wrong places. And so we, we come into your presence where true identity dwells and where everything that we need is because we are your children. 
Come Holy Spirit, into this brand new month that we have, lead us forward into the changing of the seasons and may we find you in everything. And may we see clearly where you are leading us in the days ahead. We pray these things expectantly because you have offered these things to us. And so we pray these things expectantly in the name of Jesus. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website. It's home base. It's where you find out what's going on around here. So stay tuned, stay connected in any way that you can, any way that you will. This is a busy month for us. The more gathering is coming up. This is the month uh, of Easter and this is the month of, uh, well, there's going to be a wedding in my family. China's going to be getting married. So it's a busy month for us. Thanks for your prayers. Uh, Looking forward to all of this, even though it's a busy time. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can do that at dailyaudiobible.com. There is a link. That link lives on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you are using the Daily Audio Bible app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, 877-942-4253 is the number to dial. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you, and I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Greetings, Davis. This is Theodore from Ohio. I just wanted to just praise God that everybody got back safely from Israel. It was just wonderful hearing all of the synopsis of what was going on there, the episodes. It's a beautiful thing. made people here feel like they were there. I want to thank you, Brian and Jill, for everything that you've done. I want to thank those who've been praying for our son, Sachem, who is in Europe now, a soccer guy signing today uh, as a result of the prayers of the people in the Daily Audio Bible. I also called in specifically to give hope to those who are in challenge uh, marriages. Um, my, I and my bride, Crystal, we've been married now 26 years. And in the first year of our marriage, uh, she had Graves' disease. She lost all of her hair, her eyeballs bulged out, her throat was that of a bullfrog, fingernails fell off. She was down to 110 beats per minute heartbeat, uh, 105 pounds. And the doctor said she would never have any children. But the Lord blessed, healed her, and restored her beauty restored her body and restored her womb. And so we know that uh, God can do anything at any time uh, to anyone um, if their heart is open. And I'm praying for those who are going through challenges in their marriage just to let you know that uh, it's not something that I've just read in a book, uh, but actually the book is real and it's been a blessing to us for these past 20, 26 years. 
May God bless you and keep you in all of us. Hi, everyone. This is Bridget from New York City. Um, I just want to share a little bit about my own personal testimony. Um, so I was raised with um, seven brothers and sisters. Um, you know, my mom had multiple um, fathers uh, for my brothers and sisters. And um, it's just been, it was a pretty tough upbringing. So um, I'm just sharing that with you because since I was younger, um, as a kid, I've always experienced supernatural things. I used to see my mom get possessed when I was eight, nine years old. I witnessed it on many, many occasions. They called it a nervous, break, nervous breakdown, but she told me she would hear a voice, and the voice would tell her that she's coming in. So long story short, my sister has been struggling with different types of mental issues. Um, doctors diagnosed it as bipolar and schizophrenic. I diagnosed it as, as spiritual. I know that, you know, she definitely has to relearn certain things, but I know more than anything that it's um, spiritual. So I'm asking you guys, right now, she had a fight with my niece, Kaylin. My sister's name is Regan. They um, have had their ups and downs. Kaylin and Regan were going to church with me, and we were very involved in the Word right before my son-in-law was killed. And then my son-in-law was killed, and everything just kind of fell apart. So my niece stopped going to church, my sister stopped going to church, and it's just really been um, an uphill battle for them. If you could please lift them up in prayer, ask God to give my, my sister a sound mind and to get her the help she needs. Please, please. Thank you. Good morning, Daily Audio Bible family. This is Julie. I'm reaching out to the caller that just called. She's been a listener. She's calling for her daughter, Amanda. I am praying so hard for Amanda. Her mama says she was hurt very badly recently. She has two children. Her mama says she can't reach her. I felt her tears. I swear I did. Uh, she says that Amanda just doesn't want anything to do with Jesus. I'm praying, Lord, that you help Amanda, protect her, guide her, let her feel your love. And I'm praying, Lord, that you help her mama, dry her tears, give her strength, help her through this. Let her not be afraid. Let Amanda feel the faith. Know. Know how much you love us, Lord. And come back to you and run to you in her time of need instead of away, like many of the lessons today. I'm also praying for Bridget. I'm praying for Angela. I'm praying for you, Michelle, for your mother. I'm praying for your mother. She lost feelings in her legs, she said. They're not sure why. Lord, please protect her mother. Heal her. Let her feel her legs. Please, Lord God, let her walk again. And I'm praying this morning for Dash. Dash, if you're listening, something from this morning just jumped at me. Luke 8:25. where is your faith? Spoke to me in some of my own anxieties and fears. And hopefully it will give you strength. I thank the Lord for this word, and I pray, you know, 
in our lives. Let our lives ask the right things. Let us run to you. Let us not run away. Let us run desperately to you and stay by your side always. And I pray. Hello, Daily Audio Bible family. This is C.S., your sister in the Pacific Northwest. And um, I need I need prayers for to help me stay on the right track to allow God's will to be done, to not be distracted by temptation. It's a long story, it's complicated, but I met a man of God who I became very attracted to not my husband and my husband is not saved so it's very confusing to me I just need guidance or I need to understand God's will but I think I know that his will is to honor my marriage and to just pray that's what I want to do that's what my head wants to do but getting my heart in line is difficult. So, it's a strange and confusing situation. And this person, this man of God, is, has an amazing heart and is not married, uh, but is far away, I guess, thankfully. That's good, but I'm not sure what the path forward is. I'm trying to trust God, but I think I keep making mistakes and letting my heart get carried away. Hi, this message is for the woman that called with her daughter named Amanda, who is suffering. I just want you to know that you're not alone. There's so many of us out here that have daughters that are so messed up. I just, you just brought me to tears today listening to your prayer because my heart has been hardened against my daughter because I can't take her drug addiction anymore. And I really, really believe that God wants me to help stop the cycle of addiction in the family and let her hit rock bottom. I love her. I just want her to be redeemed in Christ and let her know that she is loved and she is beautiful. But Amanda is a loved and beautiful and a joy to you, her mother. We all pray for Amanda. We are praying for all prodigal daughters who are unreachable at this time to let them know that they are loved by their mothers, loved by Jesus, loved by God, and they are children of God. We pray for all the daughters of God. Thank you.